You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 66. Thomas Miller with you. Coming today uh, via the remote microphones. We're in Los Angeles, California, West Hollywood specifically. Been out here for a couple of days on a workation, more work than cation, but uh, having a good time out here anyway. Decided to lay over the weekend out here in L.A. and just catch the L.A. vibe for uh, for a little bit. I like what Fred Dodson mentioned in one of our interviews with him where he discussed um, going to different areas to experience the energy of that area. So I had uh, the opportunity to come out here for some meetings on uh, Friday and then just extended over the weekend to kind of catch the vibe in L.A. and I've been enjoying the energy out here very much. But knowing that it would be time to talk to you, I threw the portable microphone in the bag, and so we're coming to you remotely today. Now, there's one thing that I did promise you that I'm, I had to cancel again, and that was our interview with Arman Asadi, whose website is whyileftgoogle.com. We re- had to reschedule this interview a couple of times, and it's me. It's not Arman. He's there. He's available. It's me that my schedule has just been changing a lot over the last several weeks. And in the last email, this is kind of a funny little aside, I emailed Armand and I said, hey, buddy, you're going to love me for this. (laughs) And then I told him that we were going to have to reschedule again because I was on an airplane at the appointed time that we were going to talk. And he wrote back and he, he said he loved that. Could he use it? And I, of course, said, absolutely. Because you remember, I mean, the whole theme of what we talk about here is you create, and we're going to talk about this, this is our theme for today, but you create even with your words. So if I had started the email and said, hi, Armand, you're going to hate me for this, we're going to have to reschedule, guess what you're setting up? It's those little subtleties that make a big, huge difference. And I want Armand to love me. Even though I've had to cancel on him a couple of times, I still want him to love me. So I'm going to set that up as my intention. Hey, Armand, you're going to love me for this, but we're going to have to cancel again. And you know what happened is he loved it. So there's just uh, as an aside, watch what happens when you try to make jokes. Sometimes we try to make light of things and end up creating for ourselves potential disasters. Be very, very careful how you frame things up and always do it from the intention of what you want for your life. I want people to love me. I want to be loved for other people. So when you're writing about that, don't say you're going to hate me for this. I've basically removed that word from my vocabulary, but you you see what I'm saying. Just make sure that you put things in the context of how you want them to unfold in your life. Now, another thing is we're coming to you on Easter Sunday. And if you remember, this podcast started two years ago on Easter Sunday. And I think I haven't gone back and listened to that very first podcast, but I think it had, I think I had something in there to do with new beginnings. And I know growing up, Easter always for me in in the uh, environment that I grew up in was always, um, just a totally special holiday. It's a day of new beginnings. It's a day of hope, a day of victory. I think on Easter of the butterfly coming out of the cocoon, a new creature. It's the hope of redemption, of forgiveness. If you track the meaning of Easter through the Bible, and of course we get this from the Judeo-Christian 
perspective, obviously, of the scriptures, of the Bible. And this is a worldwide podcast, and we talk to people of many different faiths and beliefs. And whether you believe this or not, whether this is your particular perspective, it is the history and the tradition of the Jewish faith and the Christian faith, at least the Jewish faith up to a point, and then obviously the Christian faith after the resurrection. But if you just trace the story all the way through the Old and New Testaments, the way that the story is connected is all the way back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command and they took of the forbidden fruit that God said, you can have anything in the garden you want except what's on that tree. And as the story goes, the devil disguised as a serpent came along and convinced them that if they ate that fruit, that they would become far more wise than they were. And that's what they did. And at that point, biblical sin entered the world. Sin basically being the definition of falling short of the mark, of uh, failing to live up to the standard, in this case, disobedience. And really, the rest of the story of the Bible is God's redemption of mankind. And again, whether you subscribe to this or not, this is how we get to Easter. Because the Jehovah God of the Old Testament Bible mandated that sin must be paid for. And specifically that it must be paid for by a blood sacrifice. So in order to cover the sin, something innocent had to die. And in the Old Testament, that was a lamb. So the Jews had a long-standing tradition that they would sacrifice lambs and that would be the covering for their sins. And of course, through the Bible... God promises the ultimate Redeemer, the Messiah, who would come and die for his people. And if you adopt the Christian perspective, that was Jesus. Now, of course, the Jews don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They believe that he was a, a rogue prophet, but not God and not the Messiah. And because of his challenging the Jewish traditions of the day and the leaders of the day, in his 33rd year, they had him crucified on a cross. The story of Easter is obviously the Christian version that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, as it had been predicted years before in Isaiah and in other books of the Old Testament that he would indeed conquer death and rise again to new life. Then, of course, in the Christian tradition, if you accept Jesus, then he becomes the atonement for your sins and becomes your direct connection with God. Now, that's kind of the 10,000-foot view of things, but what you had after the time of Jesus is you had, the, uh, you had the early Christian church, and that was, of course, a loose confederate of Jesus' followers going from the disciples outward. And then by 300, a uh, little after 300 AD in the 4th century, Constantine, the emperor of Rome, made Christianity the state religion of Rome and thus basically the religion of the Mediterranean world. Catholicism then, or various aspects of it, but mostly from Rome, permeated the world until 1517 when Martin Luther came along and wrote his 95 Theses, basically challenging the authority and the power and the interpretation of the Catholic Church. And since Martin Luther there have been some 41,000 denominations, 41,000 different structures or organizations, if you will, to basically interpret this message. 
And while the basic message is still intact between most of those 41,000, how you get there and the details and the inner workings of all of that are oftentimes quite different. But when we come back to the basic message, it's a message of hope, a message of love, a message of redemption. It's a message of selflessness, giving. And the beauty of the message, the universality of the message, is that all of us want those things. It's basic human need. I think no matter who you are, we all look back at some point in our lives where new beginnings, hope, victory, the butterfly transformation would be appealing and compelling. And that's the beauty of it and the simplicity of it and the encouragement of it. Because when you look at relationships that we may have entered, uh, jobs that we may have taken that took our life in this course or that, choices that we've made, places where we've moved, friendships that we may have started or ended, people that have intersected our lives. All of these things help shape and formulate where we are today. And even though we can think of life in that river analogy of floating down the stream, life taking us where we need to go and where we need to be anyway, but then you remember in Fred Dodson's analogy, what do we try to do? We try to drag our boat out of the river, or we try to change streams, or we paddle upstream, or we wreck into a rock because we're trying to take control. And that's the whole point is that we end up in these situations because we live reactionary lives. We look at our current situation, we don't like where we're going, and we react to it instead of creating and allowing the universe to bring whatever it is that we're creating in our minds to fulfillment. And speaking of creating, you know, as long as we're talking about the Bible, What's the very first thing that shows up in the Bible, which is actually the Jewish book of the Torah? That's the first five books of the Bible. The very first thing that happens is God creates the heavens and the earth. The Bible also says that you and I are created in God's image. Guess what, folks? We never stopped being creators in our, of our own lives, of our own destiny. So God gave us the ability to destine our lives to create. And all too often, we don't think that that's the, the case. That's the kind of person who lives in the river, paddling upstream and going sideways and running into things. So obviously, what we've done with this podcast is to try to give you some techniques, tips, tools, encouragement to live a created life instead of one that's always reacting to things around you. So this way, when you do live a created life, and you're floating down the river, then you can let things around you pass, realizing that you're living according to your higher purpose. Then you can have faith and confidence that the things that are happening around you are by design, and they're invited in by your creative invitation. And it also makes you and me responsible for our own lives. So it's not the church. It's not some organization or culture. It's not something outside of you. It's you who are directing and creating and steering your own course. And when you master this, it truly becomes a fun adventure. That's what I admire about Fred so much is Fred just tries things. He goes to different places. 
He'll try something here and then fully realizes with 100% confidence that when he wants to change something, he can redirect his boat in the river and he can go down a different course. And I have to say that I'm getting so excited because in my own situation, I'm finding that I've learned the ability to do this and am equally directing uh, and seeing things come into my life that are according to my creative thought, things that I've specifically wanted and visualized and did all of the things that we've talked about in these podcasts are starting to unfold. And yes, you can redirect, you can change the course of things. Now, the best place to start is with intuition. You can always create something and then change it later. That's definitely possible. There's an overlay, and of course, it comes from your subconscious mind, that if you will tune into your intuition, remember, back to Fred's analogy, the, the river that you're going down is the river of your life, and at the end of the river, that ultimate goal is your soul's increased enlightenment. And there is a prescribed path that will get you there the easiest, fastest, quickest. I'm going to post on the website, subconsciousmindmastery.com, a link to a video that I watched a week ago that just held me captive for an hour. It was Oprah talking to a student group, a graduate student group at Stanford University. And through most of the talk, I'd say at least through the first two-thirds of the talk, she talks specifically with examples of how she used her intuition to build her career. And she goes all the way back to her earliest television news jobs and how she used intuition to make moves and zigs and zags that ultimately got her to Chicago and some of the obstacles and the things that were in her way along her path and what she did about them and how she trusted her intuition, her judgment, that instinct that for her was developed at a quite an early age. She was in tune as a young 20-something-year-old reporter, and she followed that all the way through, of course, to build her empire. The other thing that's great about this video that you'll notice is just her commanding presence when she walks onto the stage, when she interacts with this student interviewer who, by the way, does an amazing job of asking her questions, and her interaction and her presence with the audience, of course, which she's the best in the world at. But you get to see her in a different context. She's not the hostess in this. She's the interviewee and she opens up and it's just a great link. Hour well spent. I wouldn't waste your time. You can find that on this post at podcast number 66 on subconsciousmindmastery.com. I'm telling you, when you have an hour to give, you should do it because it is incredible. And that's a perfect illustration of what I'm talking about here, of using that intuition. And then you get an alignment with your conscious and subconscious mind so that there's not the friction and not the going back and forth and not the fear and terror that often the subconscious mind can throw at you when you're learning these techniques. When you're still new walking in this way, I think your subconscious, at least this was for me, is my subconscious mind had all this evidence of uh, all the crap, you know, the big pile of uh, how life didn't work. And it that's all it has to draw on. I've gone back and recollected several episodes from my childhood and realized just how much programming there was in there that had to be changed and had to be worked out. 
definitely a work in progress, but boy, we've made a lot of strides over the last several years. And then your subconscious mind starts to get new data and new reference points and new experiences and new emotions that it can use as new reference points. So then your subconscious and your conscious mind start to work more in lockstep with each other rather than against each other. And that's when you really start to almost float on a cloud. That's when you truly are floating down the river and you're free and you just bump the oars like Fred talks about in his analogy. And what I'm referencing is that analogy of the river that we talked about in Reality Creation Technique and Levels of Energy. I would highly encourage you to get the audiobooks of that and just listen to it over and over and over and over, both of them, and Parallel Universes of Self, until that material has so permeated your thinking that that's how you think. Some of the best material you can put your hands on right now. Go to Audible and just look up those three and throw the communication course in with it and pick them up. It will completely change your life. Take your headphones wherever you go and whenever you have some idle time, commuting time, etc., have those headphones on and be listening to that material so it just absorbs into your psyche. So the starting place of how to live this created life that we're talking about is intuition catch that kind of intuition like what Oprah did and then you take actions based on what that intuition is telling you. Then you can use your creative conscious mind to literally, just like an architect, begin to build and construct and blueprint and design the kind of life that you truly love, that you want, that's coming from your heart. That's coming from your expressed desires, not somebody else's, not some organization, not a boss, not even a church. It's coming from inside of you. Then you imprint and impress and you form upon your subconscious mind that image that you have created, your blueprint. Now you take it to your subconscious mind using the techniques that we've talked about in this podcast. And then your subconscious mind, even while you're asleep, takes that out into the universal spiritual plane and begins stirring and building and formulating and attracting and drawing to you those things that you've created. Folks, that is the best message of new beginnings and hope and victory and love and redemption that you could ever have. I am truly grateful on this Easter Sunday for a divine power, for a God, for a universe that allows us to be in control and create our own lives. And I'm especially thankful for it allowing me to learn this material and have this venue in this forum to pass it along and share it with you. And I truly do pray that you will learn and master this material so that you can live the essence of Easter every day of the year. It is truly a beautiful and touching story. And with that, from Los Angeles, I will say, live a created, empowered life. And when you do, you almost can't help but to enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller. Thank you for listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, 
please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.